This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is a podcast about soggy bottoms and good bakes. On your mark. Get set. Bake. Bake. <laughs> We're never going to get it together. <laughs> Guys, it's bread week. I, I love, love bread, bread. week. <laughs> I love bread. I, I love, love bread. bread. This week is always so fun because bread is so tricky and you really can't fake it. No, it it separates the uh, cubs from the lions again, maybe. The wheat I from feel the chaff. Like- you're going you're gonna <laughs> to eschew a grain reference here? <laughs> it, But I will say before we get into it that I was pretty impressed with all the bakers this week. We'll get into it, but I was very impressed with it. There are no losers in my book here on this week. <laughs> Really, Everyone's really coming in hot. Yeah, especially especially on Bread Week. Okay, so what was your first note? Okay, so one of my friends, Heather, hello, Heather, if you're listening, pointed out to me because she heard us talking about how weird the intros have been. And this week, I feel like the intro is pretty benign, but she said that the intros lately have been very reminiscent of Noel's comedy show. And I forget what it's called, but he started out you know, as or he is a comedian, and he, I guess like his first big show was this like just very bizarre. Sure, um, that fits for him. Yeah, sort of sketch show, and so that was like okay, I could see that. That sort of makes it make a little more sense that they're sort of giving it a Noel spin, Noel vibe. That yeah, people that know Noel's career might for sure on better. Whereas those of us who don't really know the spectrum of his career, we're like, what like, is all this of this? Is but it, so weird. it is very weird. But I wonder if he is writing the intros then because they're pretty out there. And totally. I'm here for it. I'm all in. <laughs> okay, so my first note, I feel like the, the opening compared to the last two weeks was like, pretty mellow. So I didn't really even make any notes about that. But when they are introducing the first challenge and they sing the Lord of the Loaf song, I loved that. That was so, <laughs> yeah. that that to me was like so Melon Sue. Like it like really reminded me of the older, the older um, hosts yeah, who I the still hosts. have a real soft spot for. Like that felt like something they would do. And I, was I like, do miss them. I do miss them. And I also miss Mary Berry. I've been seeing a lot of Facebook posts recently about her book and I'm just like, kind of miss Mary Berry. I know. I do. I mean, I, I love Prue. Love and I, Prue. And I have really come to like Noel and Matt, but yeah, everyone's small. I just have that moment where I'm like, oh, that was yeah. a Mel and Sue moment. But when they and were then, singing, I feel like Paul was just the, I, I feel like Paul tries to go as steely as he can and just not crack a smile almost to a point where I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a little, it's a, yeah. like, take it down a notch, Paul. It's fine, Paul. You, we get it. We get it. You don't have to be like an emotionless bread robot. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, and then I also love Prue's sleeves. She really likes a sweater coat. I love her. <laughs> she just, it's really cute. A duster. I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's a very English layer. It's really cute. I loved her outfit. Digging the white with all the colors. Her lipstick is really on point with matching everything really bright, matching her glasses. I love her earrings. She makes her own jewelry, right? So I'm just like... I don't like, know if she makes all of her own jewelry, but she does have a line of jewelry. Which is the best, even makes yes. me love her more. And then over the summer, I you know follow her on Instagram and she had this whole thing about her like bright yellow kitchen. She has like lemon yellow cabinets at Ooh. home. Very aggressive. Mm, I, that fits for I can her. see it though. It's very mm-hmm. on brand. 
Okay. Do you have any other notes for the intro? No, I just, the, uh, the very obvious where's Waldo attire of Noel. That was my first like, okay, he's going, where's Waldo. I'm excited to see where this is going. He's obviously making a statement here and he really delivers with the where's Waldo. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) All right. So the signature bake this week is a focaccia with toppings and flavors included. And focaccia is, if you guys are, you know, unfamiliar, the, I feel like focaccia had a moment last year during quarantine where everyone was making these like focaccia gardens where they would take the toppings and turn them into these like beautiful designs and flowers and trees and murals. So I personally was really expecting to see a lot more of that. We'll get into it. But focaccia is a very wet and sticky dough. It bakes in a rimmed dish. So it doesn't like hold its own shape until after really until after it's baked. And then Prue and Paul talk about how the key is in the, in between the first and second rise, you have to shape it, but not like squish it too much. And then, and that's really always the key for any type of bread between the first and second rise is that like, you want to get it into the, the, the form that you want it in without ruining everything, the, all the air that you just created in the first rise. But then the other thing is that in the second, before you put it in the oven, you have to like poke these little dimples in it throughout the whole thing. And that's what kind of creates these irregular pockets of air that you then see when you cut into the bread. That's very just classic of focaccia. So that's what we're looking for. So right off the bat, before the challenges even start, Giuseppe is like, I'm feeling confident. I make pizza and bread at home all the time. You know, he's looking like you can already tell Giuseppe is going big this week. And then they open with focaccia, which is Italian. Yeah. And so immediately, it's like, obviously he's going to nail this. He is making a focaccia with olives, tomatoes, and olive oil that's made by his father-in-law. So like, it does not get more Italian than this. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, he just, everybody just back away and let him just do his work. Exactly. Um, Who else stood out to you? Uh, Well... I don't know if this was in a good way, but Rochika doing the Rochika doing roast garlic, like doing all of the garlic. I was like, well, that's different because I think everybody was kind of doing. I noticed a lot of people coming in with like the traditional sun dried tomatoes and olives and like what you would think of a focaccia, but uh, she was like going all the garlic, and you could tell Peru and Paul were like, okay, all right. She stood out to me, and I was really, I'm really rooting for Rochika. Like I really am, like, come on, you could do this. I really want her to stay in the game. I liked hers too, though, because she was the only one who did do the like the design. design. Yeah, that was the and, other one. Yeah, and I again really was surprised I didn't see more of that, and I loved that she did that. But yeah, I also Jurgens stood out to me. He's doing a kipper kacha. He was like, okay, when I moved to England from Germany, like, what are the foods that I liked? And so he's making it with kippers, which if you are not familiar with a kipper, and they never explain it, a kipper is a canned tinned herring. And boiled eggs. Are so, you a are you a kipper fan? Like, yeah, do you so eat kipper? Because I know because Claire's a Claire's team canned fish, which I know that y'all are out there. You're in a special opinions. club, yeah. Very strong, strong club. Yep. You either love tinned fish or you hate it. There's really no like. Uh, there's no like. Neutral. There's no mild feelings about it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I love tinned fish. Kippers are, yeah, I have, I've definitely eaten tinned herring. They're not, it's not as common in the US. I don't know if herring just like, I don't know why, because when something's tinned, you can ship it all over the world. But anyway, the other people standing out to me are Freya. She's making a, making a fajita focaccia, which is so fun to say. Okay. But then I had a question. She's talking about 
bread and how she doesn't really like it. And she says it's sort of a, it's like a bit of a faff. It's a bit of a faff in her low, monotonous <laughs> vocal fry voice, which I love, by the way. But yeah. What does faff mean? Please, someone call in and tell us. I feel like I'm getting the sense that it sort of means like, oh, it's like a waste of time or it's sort of like over the, you know, it's not worth it. But I'm just curious to know. She uses that word so much and I never heard it before. Yeah. And then Lizzie, sometimes I can't understand what she's saying. I have a really hard time. I can't understand a word Lizzie says, and Brandon can't either. And every time she talks, Brandon just starts laughing. I just, I almost, this is embarrassing. I almost turned on the captions last night because I was like, what did she say? I'm like, okay, we always watch shows with captions, even though Brandon, I have made him get checked by a like audiologist to make sure, because I swear to you, he's going deaf. And he's like, I'm not going deaf. I just like can't pick out sounds if I'm in a loud room. I'm like, that's what going deaf is. I mean, you're describing the early stages of hearing loss. Yeah, Brennan, Brennan, speaking from someone who actually wears a hearing aid, please just do it. No, and so I made him go in there like, you're, yeah. you're not hearing loss. And I was like, you need a second opinion. You have hearing loss. <laughs> because when he was growing up, he went to all these like fireworks conventions all the time. Yes, and, like, he's like been around loud noises. And, the man yeah. has hearing loss. And so we watch everything with captions. And so I, yeah, turn on the captions for Lizzie because I have no idea what she's Really, really saying. had a hard time trying to understand her. And then Freya will mumble things like yeah. that too. And I'm like, what What does that mean? Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so please weigh in. We aren't going to go through every single one again. We're, we still are at 10 bakers. It's only week three. By the time we get down to like five or six bakers, we'll go through every single one. But the other person I wanted to talk about was Christelle. She's making a roasted grapes with feta and fennel and walnut. I was really intrigued by this because last weekend I had a cheese Danish that was not even a cheese Danish, it was a Danish that was made with grapes and, and anise. And so anise has a similar kind of like licorice flavor to fennel. And it was so good. And I was really surprised. I don't love that licorice flavor. Like I'm not a huge anise or fennel person. In fact, I don't like just straight fennel at all. I don't bake with grapes, like whole grapes all that often either. And I loved it. And so when I heard that those were her flavor combinations, I was like, okay, this is so interesting because I just experienced this flavor combination last week and it was so good. So good job, Christelle. So coming out of this, I feel like the people who do really well are Giuseppe, obviously. He actually gets a handshake. First handshake of the season. Paul asks for the recipe. Recipe. And And Giuseppe cries. It was so sweet. I just wanted to crawl through the TV and hug him. I know. So sweet. So Giuseppe like literally could not have done any better. Right. Paul's like, this is your recipe and you need to give it to me. Like, is there a greater compliment? No. There's not. Don't think so. Even more than a handshake for Paul to ask for the recipe. Like, I think that's beyond. And then Christelle does really well. They love the flavors. They say Mm -hmm. it needs to be a little bit thicker, but she does great. And then I also put Lizzie at the top. She really comes out. out Yes, she shows up. And she was so funny. She had a truffle everything. It was like truffle and garlic. And they were like, do you make this at home? And she was like, no, but I'm not paying for these ingredients. (laughs) I love her so much. I love (laughs) her so much. Okay. (laughs) I love her so much. I know. so, So she does super, super well. She has truffle oil. It's topped with truffles. Like it's she just does great. And then at the bottom, honestly, is Jurgen. His kipper kacha does not pan out. It needed more mixing. They don't love the flavors. It's slightly overbaked. 
whoa, Jurgen, a chink in the armor. Has yeah, been I mean, this was very surprising given how I always talk about his science brain and how he just knows math. <laughs> and you have to know if you know math, that's my theory. If you're good at math, you're good at baking. And he is just not delivering this week. So I wonder what's going on. Where did he miss the mark? So that was surprising. I I do have a note that it feel and I don't know if this is every year, but I feel like around this time is when the judging starts to get a little bit more intense. Totally. Like I feel like they get pickier and pickier and I really noticed that this week. I agree. Like the first two weeks, it feels like they're kind of just still in there feeling out everyone. And like, if there's a little bit of an issue here or there, they don't really bring it up. And then obviously by the, by the final, like one crumb out of place could end it for you. But you're right. This is sort of, especially bread week where things are really, it's a little more black and white. Like if you do well or not, like you can't really bread doesn't have strong flavors. So you can't really like make up for stuff with your flavors or your decor or anything like that. Like it has to just really come down to the bake. So going into the technical, before we get into this week's technical, I want to talk about last week's technical. So obviously you guys by this point know that I will bake the previous week's technical um, and then kind of review it and go over my notes. So I baked the jammy sandwich biscuits from the from biscuit week. And basically what this is, is it's a shortbread, kind of a, a thick, not thick, a close textured shortbread cookie um, sandwich cookie with a buttercream frosting and a raspberry jam on the inside. And then a little like cute little cutout in the top cookie. So it looks just very cute. And then you're supposed to also have like a cookie stamp to make these little fluted edges. I went, I went looking for a cookie stamp. We have this like amazing kitchen supply store in Boulder and I went there and they did Peppercorn? Didn't have yes. I went to Peppercorn. Oh, Peppercorn. Okay. If, if I took you're... a child into Peppercorn for this. Whoa. I know. Okay. 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 Have... Just, I need to paint. Peppercorn is like. I need to paint a picture. It is like. to ceiling. Chock full of tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah. Chock Every... full. Miles or Evie. Miles, thank God. Okay, yeah, thank God. I was like, you so- but even Miles, it was like every single thing he was just touching. I was like, don't touch that, don't touch that. Don't so touch many that. things don't touch to that. touch. I mean, you can't turn sideways without hitting a spatula. It is chock full of things. Yeah, and so it's huge. It's, like, it we're not, huge. it's not like this tiny little like galley of no, a store. Where it's no, no, it's not. It's every not like corner an- you turn, you get another hallway of things. Yes. If you are a fan of baking and cooking and anything related to food, and you come to Boulder, you have to go to peppercorn it's amazing a gift a gift yes the they have an upstairs they have like a they have the best stuff they have everything you like anytime that you're like man i don't know where i would possibly find like a you know a darth vader shaped egg timer go to peppercorn (laughs) they have darth vader shaped egg timers Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they also have all of this like really professional grade cooking and baking supplies like they have all the little appliances you would need, all the little, like everything you can think of that's like handheld that you would need for specific baking and cooking purposes, they probably have it. So I thought for sure they would have a cookie stamp. And the reason they didn't was because they explained to me, I asked, you know, where are your cookie stamps? They explained to me that an actual like handheld cookie stamp, the way that they have them is very old school. And the newer thing that's not even that new, but that people are using now is it's more of like a gun that has a stencil on the end. And so as you like push the dough out of the gun, it sort of like chinks it out. And then it like chinks it out in the, in the stamp that you want. So it's more like 3d. It's much more high tech. So they did not have 
just like the stamp that I wanted. They did have a Linzer tart kit, which I almost got, but it was like $24. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to spend more than $10 on this. Right. So I did buy this very cute little set of like teeny tiny cookie cutters, which I used for my little insert. So that it wasn't a complete uh, flop, but. It looked so good though. I feel they, like it they looked- turned out great. Yeah. And my, my biggest notes were that I am surprised that nobody really struggled with the jam because as I was making it, I was like, okay, actually this is, if you're only given fruit and sugar, there's, you know, you're just relying on the correct amount of cooking it down. That's what's going to create the the correct, like the jammy texture. If you, and Crystal did, Christelle did overcook it a little bit and hers was way too thick, but no one undercooked it there. It was shocking to me after making this, that nobody ended up with just like soup because that was a very big risk. And then the other thing that they didn't even really go over in the technical judging was that there was a buttercream frosting that created sort of like a little barrier. So you were supposed to pipe a buttercream round around the outside and then like fill it with the jam. And I mean, buttercream can be as easy or as hard as you make it. There are buttercream techniques out there that require like a candy thermometer for you to be exact when, you know, with your ingredient whatever um, temperatures, but just hand whipping buttercream, it can get chunky. Like everybody seemed to have done really well. They barely even mentioned it. But um, when I was making it, I was like, oh yeah, this actually is not, not a given. So they were pretty good. They aren't really like the palette that we typically like normally in my family, if we're going to eat sweet things, we eat chocolate things and we, but yeah, they were fun to make. And they were also very kid friendly to make. There's a lot of rolling and cutting involved, which if you have kids that like to bake with you, you know that that's really helpful to have those little tasks. And Evie, who is my two and a half year old, as I was punching out the little holes in the middle and I like in between each one, the little heart shape would get stuck in the cutter. And so I'd have to poke it out and then she would just eat it. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and she was like, can I, she's like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I was like, I thought she was going to actually punch it in. So I had just done the first one when she asked that. And so I popped it out and she just ate it and looked at me like, okay, next. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a great system. This is how you want to do this. So, so yeah, it was fun. And I just used the, the Paul Hollywood jammy t- or jammy sandwich cookie recipe they post all the recipes on the website. So people are always like, where did you find the recipe? It's on the website. Look it up. They have technicals posted from years and years past. So if you've ever wanted to bake one of the technicals, check it out. So that's my review of the Jamie Sandwich Cookie. Fun. Okay. So this week's technical is 15 olive and cheese ciabatta breadsticks with a tzatziki dip. Great. So tzatziki, let's just get this out of the way, is like a cucumber and dill yogurt sauce. That's delicious. Good. It's Greek. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. And George is like, who obviously every single time we talk to him, he talks about how he's from Cyprus. Is like, if I get this wrong, they're going to kick me out of Cyprus. Like, I'm yeah. never going to be able to go back. <laughs> <He's> like- <laughs> but the what we're really looking for here are uniformity. They're looking for an even distribution of the ingredients and they want them to be baked enough that they are going to hold their own shape and not droop. And they have two hours. So the first note that I have on this, and obviously we won't go too far into it because I'll review the technical itself next week. But the first note I have on this is that Jurgen's red onion chopping skills are like robotic. Like they're so tiny and precise. All his pieces are so perfect. And then they pan over to like Lizzie or someone. And it's just like, onions flying just everywhere all over the place yeah i noted that giuseppe was like well i've never made chapata bread before <laughs> we'll see how this goes i was like well giuseppe, I, 
I think after the first one, we had high expectations for him, but I'm not worried. I feel like even though he's never made it before, he could get through. And then Lizzie just has this confidence this week that I'm really digging. She's just like standing out. She feels like she looks like she's she knows what she's doing. I started getting worried a little bit about Christelle. Uh, who else was I getting worried? And Amanda, there was a couple people that I was just kind of like, I think, was it, was this the one where, uh, Christelle, like, didn't leave them in long enough? Christelle was convinced that it was supposed to be a long proof and a short bake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she left hers to prove for, like, a good many, many minutes more after everyone else had already put them in the oven. And she's standing there like, nope, this isn't, this is wrong. It's a long proof, short bake. Like, Christelle, if everyone else has her in the oven, just go ahead and put them in the oven. Just. You know, you think that you're in a tent with nine of the other best home bakers in the country and you're the only one who gets the memo about the proof, like just put them in the oven. But so, yeah, Crystal doesn't put hers in the oven until well after everyone else. Maggie forgot the onions, like literally she chopped them, like set them to the side for later and then just never added them into her dough. So I'm worried about Maggie. Honestly, nobody really nails this. This is a tough one. Breadsticks are hard. I agree with you about Lizzie. She even made a comment because she heard Noel telling somebody like, well, you know, Paul Hollywood's really want- going to want to see them all the same size and shape. And Lizzie was like, well, Paul wants what he wants, but he gets what he gets. <laughs> she's Yeah, she's like, like something to that effect. She is was- not afraid of Paul. And uh, because I know that they throughout every single season always joke about like the Paul Hollywood stare and like he's made, you know, that's just like the persona he gives, but she's not having any of it. And I love her for it. The one thing that I got concerned about from the get-go is when Maggie just kind of throws caution to the wind is like, well, I'm not going to make them that size. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's a big mistake. Because she starts to just be like, well, it says they're gonna, we should make them this size, but I'm going to make them this size. I'm like, yeah, you're And not- this is where, yeah, this is where I start to feel like the the thing about Maggie and that tends to happen with sort of that, like the grandma of the group, this is starting to come out where they get to a point where they're like, I'm not going to stress about making this perfect. And it's like, okay, but at some, there, there comes a point pretty quickly where you do have to stress about making it perfect. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that, then that's fine. And you're going to go home. Exactly. Yeah. As and long I as you're like okay with has, that fact, we're good. Right. She's reached, reaching that point rapidly. So yeah, nobody really nails it. They're all underbaked. The bottom is Rashika. Number second from the bottom is Christelle. And then third from the bottom is Maggie because she completely forgot her onions. In third place is Amanda. In second place is Lizzie, who, again, just like surprise surprises us all. <laughs> baker of the week. Yep. And then, of course, in first is Giuseppe. Giuseppe. He does he great. He is winning this week. Hashtag winning this week. Going into the show supper, I feel like Rashika is at the bottom. I feel like Maggie's at the bottom. And I also feel like Chiggs is at the bottom. And then Giuseppe obviously is at the top, but also Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I'm feeling the same thing. The showstopper is a 3D-themed milk bread. So if you're thinking of a milk bread, think of like a brioche, a dinner roll. We're, we're, we're working with dinner rolls here, guys. And so you have to just make anything you want, but it has to follow, a, like your whole kind of spiel has to follow a theme. Yeah, right out of the gate, I'm seeing sea creature themes, and I'm like, why are we doing that? Why? What is that? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're thinking like, okay, I need something that has a lot of just puffy components. Right, right. Like, I guess it's sea creature theme under the sea. (laughs) So what if you were going to do this, what theme would you pick? I would probably do Alice in Wonderland because I'm thinking of like all the little momraths and the little animals that are closer to the ground. They're not really tall. I think you could do a lot with Alice in Wonderland. 
Totally. I was thinking like woodland creatures, like little toadstools, mm-hmm. and, like maybe some little frogs. Yeah. Or I was thinking sports. Like I'm kind of surprised nobody did like a bunch of different sports balls. That would have been easy. That's true. So yeah, we have three people doing under the sea. Maggie and Amanda are both doing octopi. And Freya is doing a seascape with a turtle and a crab. And she's using soy milk and dry coconut milk powder. So she is sticking, has stuck to her vegan, you know, inspiration so far this whole time. Yeah. So Maggie does an octopus in a rock pool with seaweed flavor. It's underproved, no flavor, not good. Well, the other thing when I'm like, okay, she's still, she's doing a beach theme again. And after last week's nightmare of a beach theme, like, let's just go away from the beach theme. Like, a different do something, theme. like, do something different, Maggie. Come on. And Jurgen does this like horrifying baby. And I'm like, Maggie should have done a horrifying baby. She was a midwife. Anyway, Amanda, we'll get to Jurgen. Amanda also does an octopus with cinnamon and coconut and mango puree and it's all red and she does great it's really really cute they love the flavor she nails it it turns out looking so good freya like i said they really like the design she does great like people are actually you know kind of bringing themselves up here in the show supper jurgen is making a baby like could you pick a creepier thing why it's so interesting to me where he's like i'm going to make a baby He was like, my wife actually came up with this because it's sweet and babies drink sweet lots of like milk. Sweet like So it's going to He's be a so baby? Cute. It's it not. So Why? You're again. Sweet like and a so baby. Prue is like, so we're, we'll be eating a baby? And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't love that. <laughs> yes, you will. I think at one point in this whole episode, he was like, it is what it is. Like, he just is so he's just yes, chilling it, out what yeah. will be will be but it's a good flavor it's a little underproved and it's just you know it's weird to be eating a baby george makes a koala in a tree the legs are filled with chocolate and tahini he's doing one where like he has to stack his pieces on top of each other to make up this 3d koala whereas everyone else's are, are kind of laying down if you will and it does okay but because of the stacking the dough kind of collapses but they don't knock him too much for that right. they like it they it, like it turns it. out pretty well Christelle is doing a roast dinner with potatoes, Brussels sprouts, carrots, gravy. It's really cute. She has some great flavors. They have some very picky notes about how it looks, but overall she does really well. Then we have Lizzie who's doing something similar. She's doing a pig banquet. She's like talking about how if you were a tutor and you had a banquet, this is what it would look like. And while she's describing it, it's one of the times where I'm like, what are you saying? Yeah, I don't understand what she's saying. I don't saying. understand the words that are coming out of her I mouth. didn't understand what the heck she was making, so all I could really understand was when I saw it at the end. I was like, okay, yeah. well, then it looks really cute. And it was yeah. a little bit overcooked or, I guess, like burnt on the top, but but Paul was like, it actually kind of almost looks like it's meant to be that way. And right. it, that yeah. was, again, like one of those nitpicky things where I'm like, it actually looks really good. And although here's what he says about the flavor. He goes, I'm not sure whether I like it, but I can identify it. I was like, oh, that's a burn. <laughs> but they like it. Rashika has a cinnamon and nutmeg birdcage and a bird. And unfortunately, Rashika does not do well. Her birdcage is really minimal. It's more like breadsticks. Her birds are tiny. They're like, is this really? Like a bread platter. Like it just wasn't showstopper worthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some bits are overproved. Some bits are underproved. The flavor is good, but it's obvious that she's in the bottom. And I'm sort of thinking it's, you know, between her and Maggie. And I'm worried because Maggie didn't even have good flavors. So I'm actually thinking that Maggie is, a little yeah. bit, you know, doing a little bit worse than Rashika. But then at the same time, Rashika had way less to like show. So anyway, 
Chiggs makes a picnic basket with orange flavors. He does really well. Good flavor and texture. And then Giuseppe makes this amazing collection of fruit and vegetables. Oh, my God. Flavored with cinnamon and orange. His design is incredible. His textures are incredible. His flavors are great. There's no way he's not getting star There's no way he's not. And I think the other comment was that it's a really simple concept, but he nails it. Like, it just looks amazing. Which, and that's the Again, key. you can prove, like, simple concepts can really do it if you do it really well. And they say that every time. They're like, if you're going to go simple, you have to nail it. And But like every they would every single time rather see something that's simple and done well than something that's over the top with like things that are missing. Yeah. Like I think Rashika could have done something like this where like keep it simple, but just nail it. Yeah. Okay. So going into the judging, I feel like it's very obvious that Giuseppe is Starbaker. But yes. who's at the bottom for you? The bottom for me was definitely Rashika and Maggie. I was thinking Maggie is going home. Mm-hmm. I definitely was thinking Maggie was going home. So, of course, Star Baker is Giuseppe. And actually, Rashika goes home. So that's a bummer. I get it. And I feel like the it must have come down to just some little tiny things that we yeah. probably don't even see. Yeah. But Maggie, I don't think, is going to last very much longer. I don't think so either. I think even if she nails it next week, it's going to be really, really difficult just because of the – this is what you said from the get-go, where it's like you, she's not going to – completely bomb the others just start to rise to the top even more and then she will just kind of fade away but i think the thing that broke my heart was rashika was when she cried i was just like oh this is just this is the time too when they all just be they get closer and they bond and even noel made that comment is like as it gets the longer that we get into the competition the closer people get and i think it the harder it is on everybody when someone has to leave so i recognize that and i think it's difficult and i think next week is going to be really tough if we have to say goodbye to maggie because we I love know. her okay so sorry for all those background noises i was trying to pull up the netflix um like cue to see what next week is because they have all the themes listed out in like the episode like descriptions yeah it's, like the previews know, right and so hold on we might have to listen to them for two seconds while i pull this up yes thank you sue and mel shush okay thank you <laughs> it's like i know you have to listen to this it um no it doesn't say just uh, episode four i thought it said which week it was gonna be all right well it'll be a surprise it will be a surprise um so who are you thinking at this point is going to win the coveted oh, engraved cake stand i still think it's i still think jurgen's up there giuseppe's really creeping in to the top he's not even creeping in he's like he's, sprinting past but you just yeah he's sprinting past because i think he did really well last week too yeah with bread yeah and i and still I still feel like the listener who chimed in on on episode one was like, you didn't even talk about Giuseppe. I'm like, yeah, we understand that we completely missed Giuseppe on the first episode. Like, but I think too, when there's so many people, it's kind of hard to like see who's going to rise. But I think that Freya is still a strong contender. Christelle's a really strong contender. I think it really just depends on like what it comes down to. And I also still stand by the fact that nerves play a big part of it, that Christelle will get nervous and she could bomb something. But Freya is kind of unshakable. So I think Freya seems very rock solid. Yeah. I think I'm definitely thinking it's going to be, I I mean, I still think Giuseppe and Christelle are going to end up in the, in the final. And then I think it's sort of between Jurgen and Freya for that third spot. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. 
Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Thank you for telling us what you think is going to happen. And thank you for just writing this exciting baking show wave with us. We love doing this. It's so much fun. The best way you can support this podcast is by rating us, leaving a review, sharing us with your friends. Please follow us on Instagram at joy and Claire underscore. You can listen to either of our other two podcasts. This is joy and Claire, which is just basically a weekly conversation between us where we kind of just talk about whatever we want. And then girls gone wad, which is more health and fitness specific. We are so excited you're here and we will talk to you next week on your marks. Get set. Bake. Oh my God. We're so close. (laughs) That's the key. I just have to hold it the whole time. (laughs) For me to catch up. (laughs) We're never going to get it together. <laughs> <laughs>